What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Big Near. Welcome back to Killer Talk with Big Near, episode two. I am, well, first of all, let me say my voice sounds a little funny. It's coming back. It was completely gone Saturday, so it's, you know, coming back. But I really appreciate all the love and support. I appreciate it. So much. I love the positive feedback. I'm get, I'm glad you guys like episode one because I have so many more stories to tell y'all. Y'all have no idea. And I can't wait to start bringing guests, which might be next week. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll be giving an update on Quentin from last episode, probably Sunday. It'll be a little mini episode with an update. And then I'll probably give you guys another episode. But um, today's case actually takes place in my hometown of Durham, North Carolina. Yes, when I seen this, I asked some of my friends if they heard it. They never heard of it. So I was like, oh, great. Tell a story nobody heard of. So today's case is about young love going wrong or young savage love. So, on March 28, 2015, a man called Durham County Police Department and reported that he found a body behind a house on Trotter Ridge Drive. Now, apparently, he said that him and his girlfriend was walking and the house was for sale, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he wanted to take a look at it. So, they looked at the house and they walked around the back of the house. And that's when they found the body of a woman face down. So, of course, they hear and call the police. When investigators arrived, James Barr and Edwin Ortez, Ortiz were the homicide investigators for the case. And when they walked in, they seen the body of the young woman laying face down. When they get to her, they realize that she looks, actually looks like she's about 14 to 18 she has on gray sweatpants, an Elmo shirt, and she got her hair up in a high ponytail, and she's laying face down. There's blood just coming everywhere. They looked around the scene. It's blood that is like knee high. They happen to look over at the back door and written in a lighter, this person used a lighter and wrote, King K the Savage. Like, he burnt that on the back door. So, of course, they're like, this clearly wasn't here before because no one lived here. So, this obviously had to belong to the killer. So, they're looking around some more to see what else they can find. They find headphones. They find her phone case, but no phone. Then they check her pockets, and she had a hall pass from Jordan High School. 
And since the assistant principal name was on it, because I guess he's the one that signs all the hard passes, they get in contact with him so they can figure out who this young girl is. So the assistant principal was Michael Irving. And when he got the call, you know, they're like, hey, we found the body of a young woman and she got a note with your name on it. So uh, we need to figure out who she is. And he like, okay, meet me at the school. So they go down to Jordan High School and he let them in and they go check the cameras. And they just trying to find out who this girl is. So they're just looking through hours of videos, just looking through the videos. You know, it's thousands of kids coming by trying to find the girl in the gray sweats and the Elmo shirt and the hair up in the ponytail. Then walking in the hallway, they finally find her. Then they're like, we're not sure if it's her. Let's keep, let's follow her and see if we can find a better picture. So they follow her and she hit the uh, the staircase. So when she go down the stairs, the camera's facing right at her face. So they get the perfect view. And it is her. So they follow her to see where she's going. And she ended up going in the classroom, which happened to be the computer class. So they go check the class and her computer was still up in the book bag. And her name was Tiara Hall. So, of course, now they know who she is, they need to go notify her parents. And this is actually the part that uh, I'm kind of glad. Like, I wanted to be a homicide detective. But this is the part that I did not want to do. Like, I did not want to have to go notify someone that their loved one was murdered. Like, was killed. That's pretty much why I'm, I'm here. I'm a homicide detective. I'm not here just to say, oh, they passed away in like an accident or something. No, they were killed. Like, I don't want to go and have to tell someone that their child was killed or their sister or their brother or their mom or dad. Like, I, I just didn't want to do that part. Like, I would have probably had to sit in the car. Because I'm emotional. If you would have cried, then I would have cried. And then, oh, yeah, it would have been a mess. So, they go to her mother's house. With her name is, I hope I don't say it wrong, Kotea, Kotea Hall. And, you know, they knock on the door. So she opened the door like, and it's police out there. So of course she like, uh, if the police go to your door, you're looking like, who they looking for? Like, I know they ain't looking for me. So they ask her if she's Tierra's Hall's mother. She says yes. And then they come in the house. And I'm sure she already started to have a feeling that this wasn't good because police normally don't come to your house and ask you so-and-so your child. So she said once the words of I'm sorry to inform, she said she that that was all she heard. Like the way she described Tierra, she was a smart, loving, goofy girl, like silly, like, you know, love to laugh, love to make people laugh. She probably was a Leo. I should have looked it up. She probably was a Leo. Love to make people laugh, like vibrant girl. And um her best friend Amaya. Like, they was thick as thieves. Like, Tierra actually moved down down to Durham three years prior to her death. Like, she was only here for three years. And um, her and Amaya was close. Like, you didn't see one without the other. Like, she was... A, every, and Amaya said everyone at school loved her. Like, she was a cool girl. So, of course, her mom is trying to figure out, like, any parent who would want to kill my child. And right now, they don't have those answers. So, you know, they let her know that they will keep her updated on everything and, you know, all that. So, they end up getting a medical report. And the initial report says she had multiple cuts around her face, chest, head, and neck. Uh, 
Like y'all, he 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 stab stabbed her up. They said there's definitely like stab marks. It's not what a fist can do. So now they have to go and canvas. It's the next day. They need to go canvas the neighborhood to figure out if anybody heard anything, figure out something. So they go canvas the neighborhood. And a couple of neighbors are like, yeah, we seen like a suspicious black SUV driving up and down the street. Um, I think it was like around 12-ish, 12.30-ish or whatever. And they're like, okay, because a couple of neighbors said it. So it's like, okay. So they end up finding the neighbor who had a camera on the outside of his house. And he let them in. He sat them in front of the TV and let the all the investigators stroll through the security footage. So he does see the black SUV. But nothing nothing really seemed like out of the ordinary. You couldn't see who was driving it. You couldn't see how many people was in a car. Like it it, it, it maybe he was lost. He was probably looking for them, looking for a house. And people want to report him. You see how nosy people are? You want to go report this man for probably, or a woman, for probably trying to find a house. Maybe trying to find a friend house. You don't know what they're doing. You over here rep- trying to report them to the police. People need to mind their business sometimes. Well, no, it's, it's good for people to say what they heard. They, they did the right thing. I'm not going to say that because that's how cases get solved. People tip, so I'm not going to say that. But, I mean, I, I probably, whatever. Anyways, so right before the detective is probably finna cut the camera off, he sees a man walking down the street around 1241 going towards the house where Tierra was found. Then a couple seconds later, you see a woman following behind him. And that woman is Tierra. Well, that young lady is Tierra. So they're like, okay. This has to be our guy because you see them walk off camera like he's further in front of her. So they both go off camera and then maybe like 20, 20 minutes, maybe not even, not even that. You see him walk back, but it's just him. And he's walking towards the direction of Jordan High School because mind you, Jordan High School is only two blocks from where the murder happened at. So they know he's definitely going back to Jordan. So now they go back to the station. They put up the security footage because now they need to see whenever Tierra left that computer class because she left her bag. So clearly, and she had a hall pass. So clearly she left out of class to probably go pee or whatever she had to do. Use the bathroom, I'm sorry. Or whatever she had to do. So they watch the cameras and they show her coming out her classroom, walking down a hall, and then she meets the boy with dreads, the same boy with dreads that was on the video going towards the house. So you could tell they know each other because they're kind of flirty. Like, you know, you know how he was back in high school. All flirty and stuff. So then they walking down the hall together. And Jordan, like some, like probably a lot of schools, had the uh, desks in the hallways. Like the old teacher desk or a regular desk. But this was like an old teacher desk. And she jumped up on it and sat down. And he walked up on her and he started like reaching around her. So she kind of like moving, you know, playing. And he snatched her phone and he runs off. So like anybody would do. She hopped down and run behind his ass. So then you see he gone. And then he like, he started walking now because he kind of already got ahead of her. 
Then the camera flip, and then you see her like running behind him. Now she got some speed because she's trying to get her phone. So then the camera show them going outside. Now they're like in the courtyard. Mind you, he's still way ahead of her, and she's still following behind him. She's not walking. I mean, running no more. She's walking now, just following behind him. Then it meets back up with the camera from the man's house that shows them, what was that, 1241, that shows them coming down. So they're like, okay, this is this is definitely the guy. This is definitely him. So then they go ahead and watch the camera, show him when he come back. So he comes back, and he's going back towards the school. Then they pick up on the courtyard at the school, and then you see him coming back in. But when he walked into the school, he got his hands covered, and he goes straight in the boys' bathroom. Then he come out, hands not covered, and then he walk off, you know, do his thing. Then around, like, I want to say close to 2 o'clock, because by this time, you know, it was like 1 something. By this time, it's like 2. He's seen on the front office camera. Now, he got on a jacket and a book bag, like he about to go home. Then you see a woman come in who's his mother, pick him up, and they leave. So now they're like, okay, we need to figure out who this guy is. They get back in touch with the assistant principal, show him the video. And he's like, yeah, that's Kelton Fox. He told me he wasn't feeling good and he was about to go home. So according to Tierra's mother, Kelton Fox is Tierra's on again and off again boyfriend. And they apparently broke up for good around Christmas of 2014 because he was too clingy. Like she didn't, she, Tierra didn't tell her too much more besides that. And she didn't see like no signs that something was wrong. So she didn't, you know, she just probably thought it was, okay, he's just doing too much. My daughter broke up with him. All right, whatever. So now that they know it's Kelton, they need to go to his house. So they go to Kelton's house on March 31st. And when they walk in, it's on body camera. When they come in, um, Detective Barr is like, you know, they got him in handcuffs, still at his house. And they're like, um, you know why I'm here? And he's like, uh, yeah, one of my um one of my friends died and you need to figure out what happened to him. And he like, Do you know what happened to him to her? And Kelton's like, No. And it's like, wait a minute. You know they know that that's your ex-girlfriend, right? So you going to call her your friend already makes you look guilty. I'm just going to tell you, it already makes you look guilty if they know that that's your ex. Like, if that's your ex, that's your ex. It's not your friend. Like, that's your ex. That's who they are to you. So for you to say my friend, you're kind of distancing yourself a little bit because you don't want to be like an intimate partner because they look at them first. So you want to, he kind of want to distance himself. So he want to say my friend, like they was just friends. He, they want that close for him to know too much. So they take him down to the station, him and his mother. Oh, y'all actually forgot to tell y'all before they left the house, they went to go tell his mother that he's being arrested for Tierra's murder. Y'all, his mother, like Bust out crying, started screaming for Jesus and God and telling them to help her. And she was just so heartbroken. It was sad. It really was. You could tell she was she was shocked. 
Like, she did not expect for her child to do some shit like that. So when they take them down to the station, they talk to Kelton's mom first. And they ask her, like, does he have any weapons? And she's like, no, he don't carry no weapons. But he do carry around, like, a pocket knife. And they're like, uh-huh. A pocket knife is the exact thing that like was used to stab her. Perfect. So they go back. In the room with Kelton and his mom is there, of course, because, you know, he's still a minor. So, Detective Barr asked Kelton, did you ever leave Jordan High School? He said, no. Detective Barr said, he did He said, I mean, I went outside for a cigarette break. And then he's like, no, 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 let me, let me rephrase it. Did you ever leave Jordan High School property on March 28th? And Kelton's like, no. So the detective bar look at Kelton's mom like, that's lie number one. And I'm, I'm going to let you know that I know that that's lie number one. We'll get to that later. But he's pretty much he lying. That's lie number one. Okay. He looking at her like, tell your son to tell the truth. Because I already know he did it. Ain't no need to lie no more. I already know you did it. Might as well just tell me. So he like, you know what? He pretty much gave him a chance to talk. So he leaves out. Uh, guys, rule number one. When the officer leave out the room, don't you dare say anything incriminating because this whole room is taped wire and they are watching you. Like, don't say nothing. Don't ask them nothing. And I'll be listening on my other podcasts or watching on the little crime shows. People always make that mistake. They leave out. And they be like, did you do it? Well, what happened? And then they just go telling, like, no. Don't ask them nothing. What you need to say, look at them and say, do you need a lawyer? And they need to say yes. And you be like, okay. That's that's all you need to say. That that give you an answer right there. They need a lawyer. Clearly, they know that they did something that can get them in somewhat type of trouble. If they say no, then you know they didn't do nothing at all. So ask that. Let's ask, do you need a lawyer? Say it with me. Do you need a lawyer? We're not going to ask nothing else. That's, that's what you need to ask. Just that. So Kelsey mom didn't even have to ask nothing. She just looked at him. And he's just like, uh, it don't even matter what I'm going to say because they already think that I did it anyways. And she like, it, it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what you did. She's like, this, she's like, pretty much, this is serious. Like, you're not, she told him straight up, you're not coming home with me. You know that, right? Like, you're going to jail. And he's like, yeah. Like, pretty much like, yeah, I know. So, while this was going on, investigators was at his house executing a search warrant. And when they walk in his house, they find, what was it, knives? Axes, uh, a huge knife sheet, what looked like bloody clothes in a trash can. And they also found uh, notebooks with King K the Savage written all in it. This idiot had his tag all in his room and then tagged the crime scene. Like, you was really that bold. Like, what, what did you think that was going to be put on the front page of the news King K the Savage killed someone. Like, what, what did you think? You gonna be a serial killer? You wanna leave a tag? Like, that had to be the dumbest thing ever. 
like the dumbest thing ever to leave your tag. They also found another journal with more savage in it, of course. But also they figured out the motive. Because in the journal, he wrote about how apparently Tierra cheated on him and he was so upset and he didn't know what to do with his feelings. And he talking about killing her and taking her fucking soul. And it was all types of crazy shit. And then like it was stuff like what you see, what you think you would see in like a girl's diary, like me and so-and-so forever. He had like Kelton and Tierra forever, like. Queen, savage, like what? So back at the station, they arrest him. They take his bloody shoes. They test it. Find Tierra's blood on him. I forgot to tell y'all part. They went to the school and they searched the bathroom, swabbed the sinks, the knobs, the paper towel thing, everything, and they found Tierra's blood. So that's how they also knew it was him. So charged with first degree murder. But in June, June 14, 2018, because of his age, they bumped it down to second degree murder. And also because they couldn't prove intent, they bumped it down to second degree murder and they gave him a plea and he was sentenced to 12 to 15 years. But during the sentencing, the defense stated, I guess they tried to use the fact that uh, he, his father abandoned him as a child and he grew up around domestic violence. And then they tried to say that he did with PTSD, which I mean, he could have hallucination, paranoia and some sort of borderline personality disorder. Like, uh, okay. I, uh, I want to say something real quick before I tell y'all where he where he's at right now. I think <sighs> saying you grew up around domestic violence is the reason why you killed somebody. So you grew up seeing a man hitting a woman or a woman hitting a man and that made you go and stab up your ex-girlfriend? Why not hit her? If you're used to seeing someone get hit, and that's what you would do, like Chris Brown did said when he beat Rihanna. I grew up seeing domestic violence, hitting, not stabbing. Like that, that, that doesn't even equate. So whatever. I mean, hey, we gotta try whatever to get your client off. And the defense said we're gonna go with that one. The hallucination, paranoia, PTSD, and borderline personality disorder. I don't know some of that stuff in that journal. Was a little crazy, so he could he could possibly have a borderline personality disorder. He could, but his ass still got twelve to fifteen years, which he deserved, and he is now in Dallas, North Carolina, at the Gaston Correctional Institution, and he's not gonna be getting out until April of two thousand and twenty-seven. Y'all, this I should have called this episode the Dumb Killer because. This this was really stupid, like really senseless, really stupid. And then the fact that they said that they couldn't prove first degree murder because there was no motive. I think there was a motive when he lured that girl off a of campus. Like you cannot tell me that is not motive. 
Like, y'all let him off way too easy. 12 to 15 years for what he did, and then you just go back to school. Like, you literally just murdered your ex-girlfriend. This person that you just wrote about in your diary. I mean, not your diary, your journal. Talking about how much you love them, but then... <sighs> he lured her there, y'all. If you watched the episode of See No Evil, the last season, that's why I had seen this case at... He lured her there. Like, literally, I think, this is what I think. I think this is, first of all, it's first degree. I think it's first degree. I think he planned it. He probably texted her and told her to come out of class. Because they never found her phone. So, she probably came out of class and met him in the hallway. He took her phone, ran because he knew she would chase him. Then he was like, Started probably started going through it. And then he started walking. And she was following right behind. And he probably seen some shit in there he didn't like. And got mad. So when they got to the house. He attacked her. That's what I think happened. That's definitely first degree murder. You cannot tell me he did not lure that girl. He lured her like. Why would you leave campus? Like, why would you take my phone and run all the way off campus behind a house that's empty? You plant that. You plant that. Like, if he wanted to get away with it, he probably uh, shouldn't have did it at school because Jordan has 40 to 50 cameras. That means every... Angle, every entrance, every exit, every hallway, corner, everything has a camera. They have 40 to 50 cameras around that school. Everything probably except for the classroom has cameras. And you didn't think that they would see you lure this girl off campus? And where is the security guards? When I was in high school, you could, oh, you know what? They might have went through the woods or something. Like, I don't know if they walked the street because it's not a sidewalk right there. So I don't know if they walked the street or if they cut through, like, the woods because they didn't show that. They just showed when they left because there's no cameras nowhere else for when they left to the main house. Cause I'm not sure if they took the street or if they went through the woods. If they went through the woods, and it's a possibility of security. If they did have security, security didn't see them. But if they took the street, how the heck? Oh, you know what? They are seniors. So maybe they had like a pass to go like get lunch or something. It was I don't know what that time that lunch was. But either way, it, none of that matters. He lured that girl for no reason. Like, bro, that wasn't even your girlfriend either. How you kill somebody that's not even your girlfriend? Like how? How we kill somebody that's not even our girlfriend? Y'all broke up. So she was texting another guy. Y'all haven't been together for the last three months, dude. It's Damn near uh, April. About to be four. Why? I'm not understanding why you're still obsessed. This is probably why she broke up with him. Because You know what? The borderline personality disorder, it, I, I think it was probably what's right. Because that, that's crazy. Only a crazy person do something like that. You stabbed that girl up. I didn't see how many times he stabbed her. But he stabbed her all in her fucking, like, all in her face and neck and head. Like, your goal was to kill her. Like, the neck, the head, those are some dangerous places besides, like, the heart, the stab, or, like, a major artery. But, y'all, I can't. That's, that's, he, that's what he would be. Yes, guys, I, 
This case right here just made me so sad because this was a stupid killing. Like, the last case was stupid, too, but this one was just... And they were so young, like... Bro, I just hang up with the fact that he lured her. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm going to get upset. But, y'all, that's that's the end of Killer Talk with Big Nair. I hope y'all enjoy episode two. Also, since I see that I have some fans, y'all, I got fans. I'm going to try to update every Sunday. Try. Work has been, whew, but I'm going to try to update every Sunday. Uh, also, if you guys like podcasts, it's not true crime, <laughs> regular podcast. My homegirl, Key, a.k.a. She the Guru, has a podcast called Deserve to be Heard with my co-author, Amber, a.k.a. Queen. And um, I also have been a little guest star on there from time to time. So if y'all want to get to know me a little bit more outside of the murder, <laughs> you can listen to the podcast. Or if you just want to hear the podcast, definitely listen to it. It's dope. It's good. It's four episodes of... No, it's three. I listened to all three episodes. And definitely check that out. Also, you guys know from last book... I mean, last episode... I'm an author, Pretty Thugs, 704, Pretty Thugs, part one is out. If you want to get that, I will drop the info in the description box. And you can also be able to follow your page. I made a talk, I, mean, I made a page for Killer Talk. So follow Instagram, Killer Talk with Big Near. We can talk about the case. I can show y'all pictures of like what the, having victims so you can see what the people look like that I'm actually talking about. So definitely follow. You can ask questions. You can even DM me suggestions. And like I told you earlier, I'm going to try to have a guest for episode three. If not, you might just got to hear my voice. But if you want to be a guest and you're in the area, let me know. We can definitely make that work. But thank y'all so much for listening. I can't wait for y'all to give me feedback and tune in for episode three. Thank you guys so much. I love y'all. Bye.